Hi, this is Dan. And this is Joe. And this is Enough Room. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, world. <laughs> hello, world. Um, it's crazy because it literally is hello, world. I mm. had a look on um, our little map the other day on our podcasting host. Um, they they show us which countries people are listening in from, and it's just crazy to see how far this podcast yeah. has gone. Um, I think there we've got listeners in Finland. Hello, um, the so Bahamas. Do we, do we have one from every continent at least? Yes, I think we might. Yes, mm. yes, we do. Anyway. We we do, which is mm. crazy. Um, but thank you, thank you to everyone who's been listening. Thank you to everyone who's been sending through questions, who's been engaging with us mm. on our socials. Um, you know, we just love, 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 love that. Uh, once COVID is gone and the borders are open, we'll be coming around. Yes. So <laughs> we know which countries you are in. <laughs> we'll be coming around. We'll be there to visit. Yeah. <laughs> I think our our. Our subscribers have just dropped. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this week is another interesting conversation, Mm -hmm. a different part of the message that we've received um, Mm. from um, our friend. Mm. Probably a bit of a continuation from last week. From last week. Yep. Yep. No, that'd be true. I'm going to read uh, this message. Um, There's a part of the message and... Daniel and I haven't actually talked about this particular part of the message that I feel is just a bit triggering. Um, mm. And I don't know if I'll read through that part, but I'll, I, I may just mention what it is about. Um, so here goes. So she writes, I believe you need love and support and a knowledge of Christ in an intimate way. But notice that this is possible even when Jesus is not physically with us. So intimacy and love do not really need physical confirmation to exist. But of course, when Jesus comes, we will see him face to face, so our joy will be greater. What caught my attention in your cover photo was the words, Jesus said to love one another, no exceptions. So what about people who say they love children and appear to generally, genuinely love them? And in this part of the message, she mentioned certain acts to do with pedophilia um, and to do with child abuse. Um, and so I'm, I'm just going to skip that part, uh, but that gives you an idea of what she's talking about. Um, and then she goes on to say, where is the limit to your statement? When you say you love, what do you mean? The biblical love, unconditional agape love, where you, where you only have the well-being of the other person in mind? Or is it to fulfill some insubordinate passion that you may feel at this time? Mm. Mm. It, it's pretty like jam-packed with, I don't know, it's really heavy. Like I yeah. really feel like this one Yeah, is. and I think this is where, um, you know, I appreciate that you didn't actually read what she wrote because this is where she does get almost a little bit graphic. And yeah. and unfortunately, she actually um, presents arguments that are not uncommon. Mm. And I don't know how many times I've heard um, people kind of arguing that, oh, if we allow same-sex marriage, then eventually we're going to be allowing pedophilia and... And this sort of thing, and I, I just, 
I always think how how is it that as we referred to in our last episode, how is it that people can distill a committed um, uh, consensual adult relationship down to just a physical act mm. and therefore see that any other physical act that is outside of marriage is exactly the same. I, yeah. Anyway, I think, I think this is where she does get a little bit graphic and, and I do, um, this is really where I just start to shake my head and just think, how can people see that that's all yeah. this is? It's really, it's really sad. And I've seen it mentioned in multiple places. Mm. Um, and, you know, we might be mentioning gay marriage, but in actuality, we're just talking about people loving other people. Mm. Um, and it's so sad when we take the love that someone feels for someone else mm. and then condense it or put this label on it that mm. it's um, somehow outside the boundaries mm. of what's considered good and somehow it's related to bestiality yep. or um, pedophilia. Um, uh, like I think of when you proposed to me and you were down on one knee and the passion in your eyes and, you know, just the love and that warmth that came through. And I just mm. feel like how sad it is. It's mm. so sad that someone could take what you did on that day on one knee and then somehow equate it to pedophilia or mm. bestiality. It's, yeah, it's, I don't know, this yeah. one really um, hits close to home, I guess. And I think one thing that really, I guess, I, I, I can see the, the confusion almost in, in this thinking when, as we read through this passage, she starts out by saying, you know, she believes that we need love and support and a knowledge of Christ in an intimate way and, and sort of goes on to suggest that, but, you know, it's interesting how even though we need that love, it doesn't need to be you know, physical and mm. that we can have this loving relationship with Christ. And yet she goes on continuing to just use the word love and starts talking about all of these things that are clearly referring to sexual acts. Mm. And I just think, can you not yourself see that love is not a good enough word here or, or yeah. your, even you in the way you're writing are changing what you mean by love. Yes. And that just... That's why it's actually so difficult to sometimes understand what people are saying or or realize that people are are kind of twisting yeah. what what they're seeing um, because I, I absolutely agree with her. I do think it is important to to have this loving relationship with Christ and a knowledge of him and I believe that she's correct that we can have that even though he's not physically here with us. Mm. But that's a very different kind of relationship to what I have with you. It's a very different relationship to a to what I believe a marriage is. Yeah. Um, yes, I think Christ does use the marriage relationship as a, a bit of an example of his relationship with the church. But I think that's in a different context yes. to what she's getting at here in, in regards to the physical. Um, but th even then, I think it's quite interesting that she... She even still goes on to say that when Jesus comes back, we will see him face to face. And so it will be greater. Yeah. So even in that, she's acknowledging mm. that, that physical is, uh, well, yeah. not even the physical in terms of sexual, but yeah. just close proximity to someone and, and having that face to face interaction yeah. is still better than 
a long distance sort of communication. Yeah. And and I think you you've sort of hit the nail on the head there. There is a bit of confusion here mm. with the word love, and we're not trying to redefine the word love. But I think anytime we have this conversation, especially this part of the conversation, I think we need to pause. We need to pause and think about the words that we're saying mm. and what we actually mean by them. Um, and this is not just something that's common in the church, but outside the church mm. as well. Um, we we tend to <laughs> confuse the word love with other things. Yes. And, and especially in our society, in the language that we speak, which is English, um, it can be quite poor in terms of... Um, specificity mm. and actually you know going to the point of what you're actually trying to say yep. um like in the greek for example there's actually a few different words mm. that we then translate into the love. word love mm. um but those words actually refer to different types of love i mm. guess um you know whether it's sexual love whether it's a love between brothers whether it's mm. friendship unconditional love whatever it might be and then you and i in our english speaking world um i say i love my parents mm. and then i say i love you daniel mm. and then you love kfc and then i love kfc <laughs> <laughs> automatically automatically mm. we make you know, yeah. we, we, we figure it out in our heads that the love that I say that I have for my parents mm. is completely different from the love I have for Daniel, mm. for you. And we make lots of assumptions um, based on, yes, the context of that word. Mm. Um, and it's interesting how a lot of people make a lot of assumptions when they hear that word yeah. in the context of a same-sex relationship. Yeah. And what I don't understand is if we can automatically go... Yep, Joe talking about his love for his parents is different to the love that he says that he has for Daniel, and then it's totally different from the love that he has for KFC. Mm. Why don't we take the time just to pause mm. and think about that when we're talking about this particular mm. topic, when we're talking about gay people being in love with each other, LGBTQ plus people, mm. um, you know, being in love with someone else. Um, why don't we take the time to just pause and yeah. think for a minute? Um, again, like I said, it's not just something that's confined to Christianity, yeah. a thinking that's confined to Christianity. Yep. It's found in the world as well, yep. which is the sad part about this. Yeah. Because if we as Christians are saying or are saying that, you know, we have, um, you know, we have this balm mm. for a wounded world, mm. for a world that is in pain. If we say that we have something, a remedy for that. But it sounds like we're just as confused as people out there mm. who don't know Jesus. And I think that's where this is. I think there's yep. such a confusion yep. um, in this particular area. And it's I th absolutely. I think it's interesting it was reading through some of what she's talking about here. And, you know, she kind of presents this question, or oh, well, what about people who say they love children, but then they ultimately abuse them? And what about parents uh, or mothers who love their sons and then abuse them and um and this sort of thing and and i just think well this is where you're really highlighting the confusion that is in the world today hmm. because the i think the other thing is that it's one thing to say you love someone it's another to show it and i think that's that whole idea of actions speak louder than words and 
And I, I don't think it's um, surprising at all to know that people can say they love someone when in reality they don't. And maybe that's because they're saying they love them to try and hide something. Mm. Or maybe they are actually just confused in their mind about what love is. Because mm. I think there are plenty of examples of abusive relationships yeah. that that they people can define as as a loving relationship. Mm. But, um, you know, domestic violence is a huge problem. Yep. But I, I think when you, when you look at what, how the Bible defines love, mm. that, that has no room for that. Yeah. Um, in that sense, there isn't enough room for, <laughs> for abuse in, in love from mm. the biblical perspective. Um, and for, for those of you who haven't heard it, and I'm sure many of you who have ever been to a wedding have probably heard this passage before, um, but 1 Corinthians 13, 3 to 7 says, If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't have love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want, it doesn't, sorry, love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself in on others. It isn't always me first. It doesn't fly off the handle. It doesn't keep score of the sins of others. It doesn't reveal when others grovel. It take it takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. It puts up with anything. It trusts God always. It's always looking for the best. It never looks back, but keeps going to the end. I love this passage. And, you know, I, I feel like this is a great way to sort of frame mm. love. And then when we take this and then we go back up to her message and where she's saying, you know, what do you mean by love? Are you talking about pedophilia? Mm. Um, well, this, you know, this particular verse says, um, you know, love doesn't force itself on others. Mm. You know, if you're forcing yourself, either you're forcing yourself in a sexual way, or maybe it's your beliefs or whatever it is, that is not love, mm. you know? And, um, it, <laughs> again, I think if we took the time to pause mm. and think about what we're saying, if we're talking about abusing other people, that is not love. That is yeah. not what we mean by, um, uh, you know, us loving another man or another woman, whatever it might be. I think another thing that I love with this particular passage is that love doesn't keep score of mm. other people's sins. Mm. When did you last hear the phrase, love the sinner, but hate, hate the, the sin? sin. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I know a few people are chuckling away. Mm -hmm. I see you. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's interesting. Again, love doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Mm. Um, another one that I really, really love in this is that love takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. Mm. You know, truth doesn't just appear. Mm -hmm. It it flowers, it, it blossoms, grows. it grows. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, I just love how this particular passage just sort of frames mm. what love is. And then when I go back up and then I look at her talking about pedophilia and mm. where does love start and where does love ends this is it 
this passage is where it's at. This yeah. is where it begins and this is where it ends. If there's anything mm. that goes outside of this particular passage, then be concerned mm. um, with it. But if you know you've got two adults who are in love with each other mm. and want to commit themselves to each other, they're not forcing themselves yeah. on each other. And I think in that case, as I said earlier, actions speak louder than words. And and I think if you can see in a committed same-sex relationship that they do have this this um, mutual love for each other where they don't give up on each other, where they care more for the for each other than themselves, where they don't want what the other person has, they don't strut around, they don't they aren't proud they're not boasting they're not forcing themselves on each other and it's not always about them when they're not always getting angry with each other when they're not keeping score of each other's problems when they don't reveal when each other's groveling when they take pleasure in the flowering of truth in the relationship when they put up with anything they put up with each other they trust god and they always look for the best in each other and they never look back but keep going to the end, that committed long-term relationship, well, then they're applying the biblical definition of love. Mm. And I think it's um, just that whole intimacy equals love mm. thing. Um, <laughs> if you listen to our previous episode, um, I think we spoke about sex maybe once. Or yeah. twice. Um, and it's, I, I don't know why, but, and, and I think in here she's talking about sexual intimacy. Mm. Um, and I don't know why Christians are so, um, should I use the word infatuated? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Are so infatuated with gay sex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as a person says they're gay or they're in a relationship with someone else, somehow, the conversation goes directly yep. to That's the first sex. thing that comes to mind. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Yep. And I'm like, why is the church so infatuated mm. with gay sex? Yeah. And then this is the sad part about it. Mm. That we tend to confuse in the church, we confuse love and sexual intimacy. Mm. And then when you go out into um, the world and you meet with people who don't know Jesus, mm. And who are not only do they not know Jesus, but they are in places or stages in their lives where they are hurting, Mm. where they're looking for hope. Mm. But one of the traits, one of the most damaging traits out there in society is that this confusion with love and sexual intimacy, Mm. as if they're the same thing. Then my question is, if we in the church are confused about Sex, uh, sexual intimacy and love, then what message of hope are we taking to the people who are looking for that, who are looking f- to, you know, soothe their wounds, who are hurting in this particular area? What message are we taking? Mm. I mean, I, I get worked up when I think about this because I think it's such a lost opportunity and it's mm. just so sad. And it's because, again, we are infatuated Yep. with what happens in the bedroom. And I think it's interesting you talk about that and, and sort of bringing this message of hope to the to the world. Um, and I think I thought it was interesting when, when she commented on my cover image and she said it, you know, it says, Jesus said to love one another, no exceptions, and then lists 
things like pedophilia and incest and abusive relationships and said, well, what about these? Are these exceptions? And I'm thinking, I almost feel like you're taking that as saying that that cover image is referring to same-sex relationships and saying that Jesus said to love one another, therefore two men can love each other. Now, that may actually be my belief in that I believe there's nothing wrong with two men loving each other. Mm. But my cover image is actually nothing to do with promoting or, or approving mm. same-sex relationships. It's actually more commenting on the fact that there's a lot of Christians out there and people out there who say that they love the sinner and hate the sin mm. and that they love all people as Christ loves all yep. people. But as I guess we've said, and as she points out, it's one thing to say you love someone, it's another to actually show it. And I feel like more often than not, the LGBTQ plus community, along with many other marginalized communities, have not seen that love. Mm. They've seen more of the hate. They've seen Mm. more of the abuse from Christians who claim to love everyone. And and that's really what my cover image is about. It's actually not about two people. Mm. It's actually about asking, are you actually able to love someone else unconditionally, as 1 Corinthians describes, where you don't keep score of the sins of others? And that, in- yes, that includes people who we may not agree with what they're doing. We may disagree with their actions, but we need to love them anyway. I think as the beginning of 1 Corinthians talks about, it says you can give everything you own to the poor, you can even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr. But if you don't have love, you've got nothing. Yeah. Je- to me, Jesus is saying we need to learn how to love one another. No exceptions. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Enough Room. We'll be dropping another episode in about a week's time. So until then, follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Till next time. Bye.